when you find a fear, just walk into it, walk towards mm -hmm. it. What happens when you walk? It disappears. Right? Yeah. Behind it is something much more, much more beautiful, much more uh, infinite than the fear. Welcome to Alignment Adventures. This is a podcast where we explore what it means to live a fulfilling, aligning, and present life. I'm your host, Lindsay Tanner, and I am so grateful that you are here. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to another episode of Alignment Adventures. As always, I am so grateful and so excited that you decided to join me today for another aligning and expansive and enlightening conversation with Australian kinesiologist Ian Haycroft. Now, I am still just mind blown how we can have conversations with people across the world in real time. I know that's not new technology, but it is magical. Like when we use technology with intention to connect, it is magical what we can create. And we talk about such profound, deep topics with someone that I just met across the world. Just so beautiful and so synchronistic. So grateful for that. But we discuss a lot of different things per usual. We always start talking about what it means to live an aligning life. Of course, Ian shares what he does in his work with kinesiology. I kind of had a misconstrued view of kinesiology or at least a limited view of what that modality is from my like biology background. I'm like, isn't that just like movement of the body? But it's a lot more energetics and emotional and just a lot deeper than I initially thought, especially in other parts of the world and how they use it. So it's really interesting to hear how Ian uses it to help people live truly their most aligning life. He is also the father of six children, so I managed to squeeze some parenting advice out of him. I'm just always looking for that and love to be a sponge on how other people are parenting or how they're going about that process because that is a whole other journey. <laughs> And we also talk about surrendering, our mind getting in the way, and how you can truly heal yourself. Now, also, if you haven't been checking out these interviews on my YouTube channel, go and check this one out because Ian has his background as his view from his countryside house in Australia, and it just looks so beautiful. So it really transports you to where he is living right now. So with all that being said, let's get right into the conversation. I know you guys are going to love this one. Ian, thank you so much for coming on Alignment Adventures. I'm just so honored and like we were saying before, mind blown that I get to talk to someone across the world and yeah. your background is where you are at right now. If you guys are watching on YouTube, it is beautiful and stunning. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Pleasure. Joy. Pleasure. Yeah. Well, let's start off with the usual question, and you can answer this in any way, as deep or as shallow as you want, but who is Ian Haycroft? Yeah, I think, you know, the kind of answers we give to these questions change over time, don't they? So yes. now I'm, I often say that, you know, I'm kind of at the, the later end of life, you know, at least the physical part of life, right? Yeah. So really different answer than I might have given sometime when I was full on working and all those things. But, you know, I, I, I think that all we all humans are uh, a, a reflection of presence and awareness. So that's who I am. 
in my own unique way, as is everybody, right? So, so for me, it's more and more these days, how do I, who is this person? How do I get to express that presence and awareness in everyday life? Yeah. So it's kind of a funny way to answer who am I, but I, that's who I am. And, you know, and then the things that have, that are part of who I am is, you know, I'm a dad. Mm -hmm. uh, we're just we, and my wife, Kim, and I have six kids, so mm -hmm. five grandchildren. So I, I can't think of who I am in this world at this time without feeling like that's important, really important, mm -hmm. who I am. And, um, you know, I think the other part that I, it seems to be part of what's been through my life a lot is I've always had this feeling that we can do something to change things. So, um, and the, for many years, it was like, uh, you're just a crazy idealist, right? Mm. But And maybe I still am, but when I look through my life, it feels like that's something that's part of who I am too. It's can't get rid of this idea that I think we can actually make a difference. So that's, that's beautiful. A short answer. I love that answer. I love, I love when people go deep with that. Who am I? Like to, at my core, when you keep going down and down beyond the labels, beyond all the things, you're right. We are presence and awareness. And I agree too. I have that deep sense of knowing that we're, we're here to do something big, to make big shifts. I always wonder this, like with talking to people, and this is why I'm in this work, like it seems like a lot of us have forgotten that we are presence and awareness. Why do you mm. think that is? It's a deep question. It's a, a hard one to answer, but I ponder it all the time. I'm like, why have we forgotten our truth? Yeah. I think there's, you know, several libraries full of attempted answers, <laughs> you know, but I think um, my short answer is I don't know. Right. Yeah. But I think, um, that's what we're called to do. We're called to remember. Mm -hmm. And so I think this life, um, you know, the amount of time that we're on the planet is for us to discover that we are the presence. Right? And I think, I was thinking recently, right, I think it's be, and this is just my own feeling about it, is I think one of the fundamental elements of awareness presence god whatever you want to call it mm -hmm. is freedom it's mm. freedom there's a it's a you know i think along with peace and love in the essence of awareness is freedom mm. so we need to we need to experience what freedom's like and often <clears throat> freedom is like losing it or feeling trapped you know yeah. or making decision, you know, the freedom to make decisions. So, um, you know, I'm sure there's lots of philosophers who will talk about free will in very sophisticated ways, but for me it seems that we have to have had the experience of the responsibility and the mistakes that comes with having freedom so that mm -hmm. we achieve it when we actually discover that that feeling of wanting to be free, um, you know, the paradox is ultimately when you get to that point, you realize 
<clears throat> uh, just surrender, let awareness do the, do the worrying about that stuff, then you realize, actually, I don't need to feel like, you know, I have free will. Actually, the my experience is the closer you get to the experience of being awareness, the less you're worried about, you know, free will. It's, you know, it's the freedom that's essentially part of awareness that will act the way it wants to act through us. Yeah. Mm. So. That's so beautifully said. And yeah, free will is a tricky part of this experience because I feel like we we came here with a purpose and maybe some things we set out to learn, but then free will comes in and who knows where that takes us on this wild journey. So you kind of answered a lot of beautiful things there, but I want to get into my next question. I always ask just in theme with what a lot of us share, you know, in this space, but what does living in alignment mean to you? Well, I think, you know, the question comes alignment to what, right? So mm. I think, um, I, the way I usually say it is that I think we all have a wisdom within meaning yeah. We are all connected to a part of awareness. So yes. that's what we want to align to. We want to align to uh, that wisdom, that life. You know? yeah. So how to do that, I think, is um, by pausing enough to remember who we really are. Mm. You know? And so I think... And I was thinking about this this morning because I had your questions beforehand, so I was writing stuff down, right? So um, I think for me it comes in two ways. One is some some days I meditate and yeah. ponder life over a cup of coffee and and connect with what feels to me to be the presence within, the wisdom yeah. within. And so <clears throat> when I feel that, then... I just make sure I've got that remaining with me in whatever I'm going to do that day, whether it's shopping or working or whatever it is I'm doing. Um, and other days, because I've got a, I've got this walk, you know, as the picture kind of, I, I walk, I walk on a dirt road most mornings in amongst the trees. And so another way of aligning is actually, because if you look at the trees, the birds, you know, the mm. weird Aussie animals and those things. Um, they show you the same thing that they all are arising from awareness they're all part of this amazing dream of god right so mm. so that that brings you to the same place right so it's not just sitting on a cushion looking within but yeah. also take a walk and look at trees you know i mean enough to make you cry <laughs> you know what i mean it's enough um if you want to get aligned then look how amazing it is right and i and you know i feel really blessed to be able to live in a place like this but i have lived you know in new york city and shanghai and yes. i've lived amongst all the noise and the traffic and the grime and you know um, and it is a bit more difficult in that yeah. situation right um but even those situations, if you if we can connect with who we essentially are, then we can see that in everything. You know, mm. not as easy in big cities, I think, sometimes because it feels so 
chaotic and cut off, right? Yes. Apparently cut off, but yes. doesn't have to be. I'm glad you brought that up because I love, and I'm sure everyone listening are very curious about your journey, how you got to where you are now. So maybe you want to give us the long version or the cliff notes version, whatever feels resonant and aligning for you in this moment. But did you always have this connection to your awareness or is it something that's just kind of slowly grown over time? Well, I think we all have a connection to awareness because it's what we are. We just don't know it, right? We just don't remember it. So, um, For sure. so did, I, did, I always, did I always feel it? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but you know, in, in retrospect, I mean, one silly example is when I was uh, young and at university, I played Aussie rules, Australian rules football, right? And I loved it. And was I think I was pretty good at it, right? And I used to, yeah, I just loved it and played it. And about probably, I don't know, five years later after I finished, you know, moved on from doing that, I started meditating and I realized, mm. huh, this feeling I'm having meditating is the same thing I used to feel when I played football. It's like, huh, okay. It's that, you know, beyond the sense of beyond time and space, you know, yes. people call it flow, right? I mean, yeah. flow, I think, is flow is just a kind of further along the path towards realizing that we're, we are awareness by nature, right? But that, that sense of there's something beyond what looks like is in front of you yeah yes so so no i didn't always have it right but uh and the the short version of a pretty long story is uh, how i got here is um i left australia in 1977 because mm. i been through university and and uh, and all the grand plans i thought i had were just none of them were materializing and life looked like suffering and i went i don't want to do this yeah. So I did. I did what a lot of people in Australia in those days used to do. It's like I'll take a year off and I'll mm. go see the world. So I took a year off and I went to India. And I was sure I was going to find my guru and reach enlightenment within two months. You know, yeah. <laughs> surprise, surprise! I didn't. What I what I did find within two months was I got um, amoebic dysentery and I was so sick I had to leave mm. and go to London to. Um, I had to fly to London. I could have flown back to Australia, but I was determined not to do that. That would kind of be failure, right? So, well, I thought it would be failure. So I went to London and stayed in the hospital for a couple of weeks to get better. And then I was like, well, here I am. So I, uh, and I was really interested in those days in communities, right? Mm. So and I, was, I was a bit of a hippie. I had hair, kind of hair like hair like yours I don't have that anymore <laughs> right? but I had hair like yours and uh, um, I can picture uh, it yeah so I went to I lived on a community in Wales for a while that was really about you know uh, sustainable living and then I, I made the mistake of falling in love and then I went to um, to to the US and again and then my grand idea of being in love with an American fell apart and uh I hitchhiked, you know, so I hitchhiked across America <laughs> and uh, stayed on different communities. And then I met my now wife. So we've been married, I don't know, 40 more years. So, wow. Um, 
And my plan to go back to Australia, you know, I was going to go back to Australia within a year. Well, uh, we eventually came back to Australia 22 years later, right? So I stayed, got married, stayed in America. Uh, we had our kids, six kids in America. And mostly I worked in international relief work, doing mm. projects in different countries. Mm -hmm. As we started increasing the number of children, then the kind of salary I could get from a not-for-profit was not going to do, wasn't working. So then mm. I got a job in a for-profit business. And my job was to go around looking at investment opportunities in different parts of the world to do due diligence and come back to the board and recommend or not, you know, that investment. And one of them was a vegetable uh, export business in China. Wow. And and the board liked it and said, well, who are we going to get to run it? And they said, well, you're the one who knows the most about it. Do you want to go to China and run it? And in a, a moment of insanity was, you know, you can imagine with six small, blonde-haired, very Western-looking children, mm -hmm. uh, we went to live in China wow. in 1996. And, uh, and I started working on, a, you know, this vegetable export business. And uh, mm. and after a year it was I mean it was, and to say that it was tough is a bit of an understatement. It was you know early days of China being the kind of wasn't the economic giant that it is now, yeah. and it was really hard. Anyway, short version, it was really hard, and yeah. uh, and so Kim and I decided it was and it wasn't good for the kids. The pollution was just terrible, so we decided that Kim and the kids would go live in New Zealand where it was mm. nice fresh air and all those things and I'd finish off my couple of years left in the contract in China and go backwards and forwards you know fly home every six weeks or so for a week and you know pretend I was a dad and then go back to China and wow and uh it was a perfect formula for insanity and divorce actually so it was pretty hard um but actually that's in China is where I had what I I guess I would say uh an experience that changed my life. Mm. So, because in the evenings I, I was by myself in China. My family, my wife and kids were in New Zealand. I was lonely. The business wasn't working, and I used to sit by this fish farm in the evenings and and pray. In those days, mm. I had a kind of more traditional way of praying, and I was I was very I was raised an Anglican, right? So I pr I prayed very respectfully, you know, and you know. God forgive me for being such a jerk and a sinner and please help the world and please help my family, you know, the, a very, uh, well, yeah. important, but that kind of prayer. But this particular occasion, I just, I lost the plot, right? And I'm a pretty glass half full kind of person, but I was definitely glass yeah. almost empty stage and about to crack, I think. And, and I started to pray and then I just launched into abuse of God. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I called God every possible name under the sun and swore blasphemously at God and just had it out, right? Just mm. And the translation without swearing was, I ain't happy. I don't want anything to do with you anymore because nothing I understand to be true is happening. And so you can just go away. <laughs> <laughs> And somewhere in about half an hour in or 45 minutes, I don't know what, I just was overcome with this experience of how deeply I was loved. I, I just, wow. 
beyond words, really, uh, wordless, right? But it was also this feeling I felt like God was kind of laughing, not laughing, but kind of saying, finally. So finally you got real. Mm. Finally you stopped pretending and now you get being real. And so I'll be real back, right? So here's what it feels like. And it was life-changing, really. I just, and I had that experience. And and I, and I from that point on, when I, when I see people, I can't not love them. You know, it's not, not like I'm that special, right? But it's just this sense that humans, wow, right? So, so it was that, I think, you know, I mean, historically in the Christian tradition, you'd say it was a Holy Spirit experience or in other mm. traditions, enlightenment or awakening, you know, and it's not for me to yeah. just say I'm enlightened or awakened. There was an experience that, was undeniable and impossible to describe wow and so kind of changed my life so more not kind of it did and so that contract ended and kim and i decided that we would live in australia because australia was my home and i loved america i still love america right and um our kids are all american citizens or dual citizens now but Mm -hmm. But um, we just felt like we could, or I felt and Kim felt that we could give the kids a quality of life in Australia that's possible in America. You just have to be pretty well off, right? So we came back to Australia. And there was one, I was, what was I, 47? And it was one of those moments, and I'm sure you've had them and probably every person listening, you know, you have those different moments in your life where you go, oh, now what am I going to do? You know, for me, it was like, now what am what am I going to do when I grow up? I yeah. cannot, I cannot do this corporate thing, and I cannot. It's killing me. It's killing my marriage. It's, I can't do it. So, what am I going to do? I've got six small children I got to support, so it's not like I can just you know bliss out. So, so I really had another moment with God saying, okay, I don't know what to do, but I need to do something. And and I had this experience when someone gave me a leaflet, a pamphlet for this thing called kinesiology, which is one of the natural health therapies, right? And I was looking to understand what I could do, and I just my whole body lit up. And wow. so I went, I went to the talk and listened to this person talking, and I went, well, I could do that. I could do that. I think I'll do that. So I trained and I opened a clinic in Nusa, which is a beautiful. Um, beach resort place on the Sunshine Coast in Australia, which is a beautiful spot. Mm. And so I became a kinesiologist, started treating people with this kind of out there, you know, natural therapy, which um, which is I still do. So, but these days I don't have a clinic by the sea anymore, uh, where humans actually can't do it all online. And then, and part of after the, after our kids grew and and we only had one one child left at home meg she wanted to go to a special school in brisbane to um she's a singer Mm. so we thought and this one of my clients said do you want to help me start a business and i went i'm not going to do corporate i'm not going to wear a tie none of that he went no 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 it's going to be different so so i helped start a financial services business also 
So these days I, I split my time between working a bit with that with that business, which is a crowdfunding business, and doing the online kinesiology, which I call ClearMind. So, um, just working with people and all over the world, right, on Zoom. It's weird. <laughs> so that's kind of a longer, sorry, I was, it took longer than I, I, I meant to, but that's the kind of short version of a long, long story. I mean, it was fascinating, fascinating. Do you know what it reminded me of? I'm sure you've read this book, but The Surrender Experiment. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Your life reminded me of Michael Singer's The Surrender Experiment, how you just kind of kept flowing through different circumstances and you had these aha moments that led you to the next step. And even, you know, through those moments that seemed so hopeless, you know, it just was a stepping stone into what your purpose was. Now, I do want to dive into kinesiology because as someone that grew up in the United States and majored in biology, I'm like, you know, I feel like our definition of kinesiology over here and how you guys use it are different. Like here, yeah. from my understanding, it's just like the study of the movement of the body, but it sounds like such a deeper, more energetic, spiritual practice in Australia or maybe other parts of the world. So could you tell us a little bit more about what what do you do with kinesiology and how can that benefit us and help us live our most aligned lives? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's true. I mean, the, the dictionary definition and the degrees you can get in the States are about movement of the body and the mm -hmm. muscle, which are right. That, that's, that's kinesiology, but there's actually an, uh, and it's not really connected to that. Um, but in the seventies, as this modality appeared, 1970s i mean mm -hmm. this modalities appeared at this model called applied kinesiology right mm -hmm. which um and it, and there's lots of applied kinesiologists in the states lots right in fact it's probably the most popular i mean the place in the world there this is the most applied kinesiologists right yeah um and and kinesiology has become a bit like a lot of religions right it's, it's like no, my system's the best. No, my system's the best. No, yours isn't right. You know, all that happens, right? So actually what I what I say to people is I use the muscle testing system of kinesiology. There's lots of kinesiologists who would say, oh, he's not really a kinesiologist. So, but without getting into all of that, I'll tell you how I describe what I do. Yeah. It probably doesn't describe all applied kinesiology. Well, it certainly doesn't. But the way I describe what I do is to say that uh, everything that's ever happened to us in our life on a physical and a chemical and an emotional and an energetic level is recorded within us in the mm. cells and in the energy that gives life to those cells. And that's a lot of information. So, yeah. so if you think about it from an iceberg, kind of if you use that analogy, we cannot store all that information consciously. It's just way too much information. So we have this amazing system in our, who we are where we store those things unconsciously. Right? Mm -hmm. So the tip of the iceberg of our consciousness is what we think it is. Right? And then the rest of that iceberg is information uh, and patterns that are stored unconsciously. By definition, mm -hmm. you, you don't know them. You, you can't access them consciously right mm. and so so then this technique was developed which is a muscle test 
And lot, lots of people will know it because these days a lot of chiropractors use it, a lot of naturopaths will use a muscle test where, and it's hard to do on Zoom, but you know you can hold a person's arm up and you can push down and the muscle will the muscle system will strong will respond strongly yeah. or weakly depending on um, the body's reaction to whatever it is you're testing. Wow. So you know it actually becomes an interesting party trick, you know. So you can uh, get, in, say, an organic apple and have people hold it against their chest and have them hold their arm out and you can push down on the arm and you'll get a really strong response, right? You can then take the apple away and give them a can of Coca-Cola and, and hold that to their chest and hold, and push down that and they cannot hold it up, right? Because the system knows organic apple, it's basically good, I'm okay with this, Coca-Cola, even if you like it, your system doesn't like it. It's hard work for the system. And the muscle system responds. So it's this um, idea that our musculature reflects the mind-body connection we have. Mm -hmm. And so a strong response will be your your system saying, I'm okay with this. A yeah. weak response will be, there's something I'm not okay about with this. And so I use that muscle testing technique. And of course, I can't put my arm through uh, computers, but I can, <laughs> I can use my muscle system to test you or anybody, right? So I can get a, a strong or a weak response. And so then I just use the strong or weak response as a, a way to ask the mind-body system about whatever it is. So people will come to me with all kinds of, you know, it'll issues from I've got a sore toe to I've got a sore marriage right it, people have all kinds of stuff in the in, imbalance or issues in their life and so we can use the muscle test as a a way to narrow it's a binary we get a yes or a not yes right and yeah. so we can eliminate is it you know uh, physical chemical or emotional or energetic and I've literally got charts all over my walls which are just a system that I use yeah. to narrow down to get more specific about what might be the issue at hand. And mm -hmm. because it's the unconscious, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff in the unconscious. And most of the stuff that's filed in our unconscious is filed perfectly well, even some of the hard things, right? But there are some things that usually because they were filed so young in our life, that they could have been filed better or there's an emotional mm -hmm. attachment that is really quite powerful and it influences stuff in our lives and we don't even realise it. So hence people, you know, become claustrophobic or, you know, have issues with intimacy you know, or, you know, you name it. Uh, people have issues because of experiences they've had, mostly as kids, uh, that impacts their life so we just go on a magical mystery tour of discovery using a muscle test right and uh, and i always say to, to the people i work with the healer in the room is not me it's mm. them mm. and and i think there's a point at which you know my, the way that the system that i use and lots of kinesiologists use very similar kind of approaches um it's wonderful but there's a point at which you it becomes a spiritual process right because yeah. you can discover unconscious patterns you know you know 
you know, people, so many people have the pattern that I'm not good enough, right? Or I'm not worthy of this, or I'm, you know, or, you know, they really struggle with lots of things. Yeah. There comes a point where, you know, we can keep digging, we can find a few thousand of those if you want, but there comes a point where I think we get to, or people can discover these are just stories. Right? Yeah. Stories that, We've needed at certain points in our life just to survive. So it's not mm. like, oh, there's something wrong with you. I always say to people, there's nothing wrong with you. Mm. You are infinite awareness. Mm. You know, I can't feel it. And I'd say, yeah, because there's just a bit of crap in the way. There's just a mm -hmm. bit of stuff in the way. But we just need to, you know, begin the process of moving the kind of obstacles away. And then people actually discover, huh, something much more fundamental about themselves so my goal always is not to have people you know come back every fortnight for the rest of your life uh, mm -hmm. for americans don't use fortnight right? so <laughs> come back every two weeks you know um i like that better <laughs> yeah so it's about i think for me it becomes a process of helping people discover that underneath the story there's something actually incredible right i mean in zen buddhism it's often said you know when you find a fear, just walk into it, walk towards mm. it. What happens when you walk? It disappears. Right? Yeah. Behind it is something much more, much more beautiful, much more uh, infinite than the fear. So for me, and particularly more in the last few years, it's just become clear that the real healing is its not emotional or energetic or physical or chemical it's something deeply spiritual mm. and, uh, that we can actually get to the point of realizing oh this is who i am i am presence i am infinite peace who just happens to be suffering then i can work and embrace the suffering too it's just mm. something it's not it doesn't have to run my life because my life my life is much much bigger much much more unfathomably amazing than what i'm suffering so i don't and i'm always careful right because i don't want to you know people go really do go through some deeply painful experiences and suffer in their lives so it's not like oh you know it's just your ego that well that doesn't work right it's true it is your ego, but your ego is <laughs> not evil, right? Yeah. From my point of view, I, I love uh, David Hawkins' work, and uh, he has a beautiful, I think, way of talking about the ego. He says, ego is not evil. It's just the extension of the, the, the evolutionary yeah. um, survival instinct. So it just tries to figure out a story that will help you survive, right? Mm. But ultimately, we want to not have to be pushed around by the stories yeah. and some of those stories are connected to deeply painful things but none of them are bigger than who we are right so the healing i think is the discovery of who we really are then mm. we can approach that which appears to be suffering from a totally different perspective and uh people find peace when they never thought they could. I know this episode is good, but so is this announcement. So as you guys know, 
I have been on a mission to help as many people as possible live their most aligning lives. And that is why I created my first ever class. Yes, I'm going back to the quote unquote classroom as a teacher and teaching my first class, live your most aligned life. It is starting on March 6th and it will be eight weeks long and we will have a live class, which is online through Zoom every Monday at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. And it will be focused on a topic around living your most aligning life from practicing gratitude to connecting to your internal guidance to setting intentions and using the law of attraction to surrendering and also working through those limiting beliefs, those mind stories, those things that are stopping you, that are keeping you stuck and feeling unfulfilled. We're going to work through that stuff and you're going to get all these tools that you can use as you step into your highest self so you can go on living your most aligning life. So like I said, each week will include a live class where we will talk about the topic of that week. And then starting week two, we will also be doing internal guidance work. So yes, just like you've heard on the few episodes I've had recently, I will be getting you into your internal guidance and asking your internal guidance questions relating to your life. So you can start connecting and living and acting and making decisions from that space that part of you because it is part of you that loves you so much when you tap into that space and start living from your internal guidance guys it is pure magic and i just want to share that with as many people as possible each week you will also get a yoga flow and a meditation aligned to the topic of that week as well as some aligned actions or i guess you could call them homework we're just kind of rebranding that word again pertaining to the topic of that week You will also get one 60-minute one-on-one internal guidance session with myself. So we'll be doing some internal guidance work within the live classes with everyone. So you'll get to hear other people getting into their internal guidance, but you will also get your own personalized 60-minute one-on-one internal guidance session to really make sure you have and find that connection. I want to help as many of you as I can really tap into that energy. And what's cool is once you get in that energy, you know how to do it. And again, you can take that throughout your life and tap into it more and more and more. You will also get access to a group chat with all of your classmates and myself so you can ask questions and get support really at any time throughout this process. And it's also going to be a space where we can celebrate and connect because I know sometimes when you're on this journey, it can feel really lonely when no one else around you is going through this stuff or trying to live this way or connected to their internal guidance. So I want to create a space where we can really support and love each other. I've noticed so many of us love to consume this content and we love to take in all the stuff and it makes sense and we're like, yes, this is how we should live, but we struggle implementing it. That is why I've created this course so you can stop feeling stuck and actually embody and implement these concepts to help you live your most aligning life. So if you're interested, I will leave a link in the show notes or the description wherever you are listening to this episode. Make sure you sign up before March 6th so you can get in before we get started with class. And this is the first time I'm running it, so it's a super discounted offer. As always, check in with your internal guidance. Do you have the nudge to join us? If you do, I encourage you to follow that nudge and I would be honored to have you in Live Your Most Aligned Life. See you in class.
What a beautiful way to look at the ego. I love that. It's just it's just helping us survive and it's doing the best that it can with what it has. Because you're right, I can kind of get in that mentality too where like, I just want to get past this or like dang mind or dang ego for like making me think that, but it's just it's just doing the best it can. And it blows my mind as you were telling this story and as you're explaining kinesiology that here in the West, the way we treat and approach illness is so backwards compared to everything that you just described, which basically that all of our disease and illness comes from within, from these cellular memories or wounds we have within us. It's just mind blowing. So I thank you for sharing that. And, you know, hopefully with these messages, we can help more and more people realize this. And instead of going and getting the like prescriptions or whatever, you know, they can go in and do the real, the real healing, which is just connecting with their true self. And that's another thing you said, I'm having so many like pings in my, my awareness. Like it's not about adding more things. That's something that I've realized in my journey too. like the mind, the ego, wants to add more things like I need to go and get this or do that but it's really about releasing things and just getting back to your true self so beautiful yeah yeah I mean I think you know um you know this the self-help industry is based on people trying to if I just learn one more thing I'll be okay mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. learn this if I just learn that right and and I think that's all important right I mean I think it's it is important that journey right but I don't think it's not it's not the ultimate solution. The, the ultimate solution is to discover who we really are. And that's deeper than anything we put in our minds, right? Which is kind of mind-blowing, right? It's to, <laughs> you have to discover awareness, but you can't discover it with your mind. And your yeah. mind goes, what? So <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so, and so often I think people are kind of cracked open to that experience mm -hmm. by suffering, right? Yeah. Because it's like their mind can't deal with it. And it's like, that's it. When you lost your mind, that's the moment to potentially celebrate, right? Yeah. But again, I, I never don't want to take it lightly because people struggle deeply with stuff, right? And even Western medicine, though, I'm, yeah, there's many parts of the pharmaceutical industry and those things that disturb me, right? But I've got, if I've got a brain problem, I'll, you know, I'll go to a brain surgeon, yeah. right? So, but I think one of the things that hap has happened is that people have given over their agency to heal themselves or work on themselves to someone else who may be pushing a bottle of drugs, right? And again, mm -hmm. not that doctors are all evil and that it's all, you know, I, I don't, you know, most people I know who were doctors, particularly I went to university, I had lots of friends who were studying medicine. Mm -hmm. They weren't evil megalomaniacs. They wanted to help people, right? So yeah. um, so it's not like, oh, they're all evil. But I think one of the things we do need to do is recognize that we can actually take back, back within ourselves, our capacity to heal, right? Yeah. And if we heal on the most profound levels then we can deal with whatever you know illnesses come up right i mean at some point we're going to die of something right so it's okay it's just mm. uh, but uh yeah i think 
because I think most of that which ails us starts energetically, right? So, and mm. we, we don't know what to do with it. And then it usually then shows emotionally. And if we don't know what to do with that, then it'll at some point start to show chemically and physically. And so, so many of those things that we think or that show manifest as illnesses have their origins yeah. somewhere else, right? So, you know, I, you know, when I work with people, I say it's physical, chemical, emotional. And if I find something physical and chemical, I'll say, you need to go talk to a naturopath or yeah. go see a chiropractor or an osteopath because I don't do that. Yeah. So I work mostly on the emotional and the energetic, which for me inevitably leads to the deeper questions. Who are we? Yeah. Well, I love what you said too about like, I'm not the healer you are. That's very powerful and letting the people take their power back of, you know, I can heal myself. Yeah, absolutely. But because for sure you can't be healed by somebody else. You have to be willing that free will. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. So that's the again the short version of kinesiologists. You know, there there's a lots of applied kinesiologists who do things all kinds of different ways, mm -hmm. right? I mean, I've got a friend who is a, an applied kinesiologist, and his whole um, clinic is based on finding people's allergies, right? Mm. They have an allergy to milk or to seeds or wheat, right? And he literally does all this testing, and he's amazing what he finds, right? So that's great. I just don't. That's not. That's not my gig. You know? Yeah. No. Well, I think we each came here with our unique gifts and purposes. And is that something that you kind of discover through your work? Is like helping people connect. Well, it's helping them come back to their true selves but a lot of times do you help people find like kind of their purpose yeah i mean well i think our purpose is within us right so yeah. i think it's not about well it's it's more about i think freeing people of their what what they're suffering enough to mm. go what was i born to do right mm. so often, i often work with people on what is what do you feel is, you know, I call it your noble purpose. What is your noble purpose? What is the thing that you feel like, yeah, I was born to do this. I was born to do this. And what happens in our world is because we're, we're, we're then, we're, there are things we love to do. And then someone says, yeah, but you got to make a living and you got to work. Yes. <laughs> and we often feel like, oh, well, I'll, I'll put off what I was born to do. Because yeah. I got to make. I mean, I have been there. Trust me, I have mm -hmm. been there. Six small kids. I mm -hmm. have worked in jobs which were like, you know. And so I have the benefit of hindsight. Now I'm older. I can look back and go, actually, I never lost that which I, you know, because I would say, what is my noble purpose? And I've felt this for many decades. I want to help people discover who they really are. Mm -hmm. That's what gets me out of bed, right? Yeah. But I used to think you had to do it in all kinds of very spiritual ways and, you know, I had to become a great guru-like teacher, blah, 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 none of which I am. And these days, more and more, I realize every little thing you do can help people discover who they really are, just the smallest things, just the way yeah. we talk, people, the way we look at people, the way we interact, you know, everything, right? So there were times in my life where I felt like, 
I'm just working and I hate this work and it's got nothing to do with my what I think is my noble purpose, mm-hmm. which is to let people discover who they are, right? But it actually, um, the things that I thought were getting in the way didn't have to stop me doing that. You know? So, yeah, I had to make money to support my family and all those things. In retrospect, I, now I would have done it with less resentment, yeah. <laughs> you know, or angst, you know. So... So I, I try to help people um, get to that earlier so they don't have as, don't have to have as much angst doing it, right? So, Well, I feel like you're speaking right to me and I know a lot of people can relate. A lot of people compromise or feel like they're compromising their alignment or being true to themselves because they have to make a paycheck. And, you know, I, that's what I loved about your journey is it kind of, led you on the path to where you needed to be and each of the things that you did was something you needed to do to be doing what you're doing now so it's just an interesting way to look at life yeah and i i mean it is one of the benefits of age i think right is that (laughs) you realize huh there was actually some purpose that was you know in amongst all the things i did and if i had been more open i would have I could have avoided the angst and the the frustration and the feeling worthless and useless and what am I doing? I want to do something worthwhile, all of those things. Yeah. You know, the fact is, you know, until we create that world where we don't need to um, build paychecks the way we do now, then yeah. it's part of what is, right? So mm-hmm. but, um, I think sometimes we get so frustrated that, because we don't feel any connection to what we feel we're meant to do, right? Yeah. So I just, again, in retrospect, it's um, patience, right? Because I think if we constantly surrender, okay, this is what I really want to do, I'll find a way, I'll keep working towards it, then doors yeah. open. Yes. But they, my experience is they really seem to open on our timetable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, I want this door to open so I can really fulfill my purpose. Hello, hello. Where are <laughs> you? Know, you? <laughs> that's right. Is, there, is anybody out there? Right. So, um, I think, and again, I, I, one of the analogies I love that David Hawkins uses. He says that God has got a fishing rod and he's got his hook and hook and line into you, and is drawing you inevitably towards mm. awakening, right? And you think you can stop it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. It's like, you know, as the as the Borg would say, resistance is futile. Right. We yes. just if we could actually surrender to the fact I am headed towards fully understanding who I am. And doors will open. Yes, I love that. I let's talk about surrender because I think a lot of people misinterpret that word as giving up, doing nothing throwing the talent when it's uh, it's not that's that's the ego's perspective of it i guess right surrendering yeah. what what is true surrender to you because that's a word i hear from my intuition all the time like surrender allow <laughs> yeah yeah well i guess for me is um and i use god for awareness because god is just something i'm comfortable with right yes so we all arise from awareness from god 
this whole universe mm -hmm. right, that we we can't even begin to measure right there's trillions of suns multi-trillions of planets right that we can't even begin to measure how large it is how big it is right and we're part of that mm. we are we are absolutely the awareness that creates all that constantly mm. right so just to you know it's an incredible understatement to say that's pretty big yeah <laughs> and so it seems to me not unreasonable to think that there's lots of things about life and living that i don't understand i mm -hmm. just so much i don't know how this works mm -hmm. so if that's true then things happen in my life that i don't know how to deal with right or are painful right then for me it's like i surrender that meaning i don't know what it is i don't know how it fits but i surrender it to, to you god mm. because i don't know what to do with it doesn't mean for me that's actually being responsible for the fact that I don't know everything. Yeah. And that there may well be a reason for it that yeah. I have no idea. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I, I just see this so many times that things, the thing, you know, things happen in our life. And at the moment, we think, this is terrible. This is like the worst. I can't stand this, right? And then 10 years later, you realize it was one of the most amazing gifts. Mm -hmm you have or you don't know how your situation may be helping others we don't know we just don't know so for me surrender is like actually an act of humility meaning mm -hmm. we don't know mm. so I, I don't know how to deal with this this is like overwhelming i don't know what to do then i go okay that too i surrender that mm. and then keep going yes you know so i don't so i don't see it as giving up i think it's yeah. it's about recognizing that there are patterns energy life at work that we don't understand yeah. and it's, it's totally mysterious maybe someday that some of those mysteries will become more open to us right but you know and it sometimes sounds so cliche to say you know well, life's on your side you know Mm -hmm. life is on you because when you're really suffering you know you can hardly spit it out yeah life is on my side yeah <laughs> doesn't feel like life is on your side but if life is infinite and we are part of that then we don't know what this means it could yeah. mean the most amazingly beautiful wonderful thing mm -hmm. we just don't know mm -hmm. Why get stuck by it? Surrender it. Keep going. Yeah. It's kind um, of like just dropping that resistance to not knowing. Just, just yeah. like dropping the resistance and another cliche saying, like it is, it is what it is. And when you drop the resistance, then it gives you that broader perspective to see things maybe you didn't see before. Yeah. And you may not see them even. You know, it's, it's, I think we we so often think we've got to understand everything. Yeah. Well, what if, what if the way the universe is put together is so amazingly complex that we'll never understand it? How good would that be? Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so. For sure. I'm definitely one of those people. I'm like, I got to figure out why we're here and like, what's the purpose of this? What What's the purpose of human experience? And then I'm like, Lindsay, the purpose is that you're here and you exist. That's it. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I think ultimately our mind, our mind's actually not capable of really yeah. understanding purpose because our purpose resides somewhere other than the mind mm-hmm. the mind the mind doesn't like that it's like no i've got to figure it out yeah or maybe not so so true love it love these deep conversations well to respect your time i have a few more questions for you one is a i call it a selfish question but as a father of six kids and all the work that you do What's one piece of parenting advice you have for all of us new parents? <laughs> Me, uh, I'm only six months in. <laughs> I think almost every parent on the planet, no, actually all parents, or almost all parents love their kids. Mm. And they want to do the best for them. Mm-hmm. And then we make all kinds of mistakes, all kinds of mistakes. Right? and we beat ourselves up for the mistakes we made. Right? Yeah. And I, my experience is, A, if you do genuinely love your kids, and most parents do, then do your best. They're way more resilient than you think. Mm. Right. Because my kids are all grown. My eldest is 38 now. Right. Our baby is 25. And, uh, so far, they've all forgiven us because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. right? we, we were far from perfect parents. I have been far from perfect, right? Mm-hmm. I think my kids go, yeah, still love you. Yeah. All I can do is love them, right? That it That is something I, I'm releasing. I'm surrendering to it, but it's something I think about just from discovering how much that we carry with us from our childhood. I'm like, oh, I gotta not give them any complexes or like condition them in this certain way. And I'm like, Lindsay, you're a human. Like, it's gonna happen. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely gonna happen. <laughs> and you know that that thing that people talk about. You know, they're they're not really ours, right? Yeah. They are. They come through us physically yes but they are infinite beings on a karmic german journey of their own Mm. which so out then if that's if that's true and i think it is yeah and our job is just one very straightforward thing love them love them the best you can and uh allow life to show itself because you know Mm. we have six kids they are all so different Right. Mm. It's like, did they possibly come out of the same womb? I don't know how. (laughs) So cool. So cool. I'm sure, yeah, to see all their different personalities. Well, I'm sure people are intrigued by kinesiology and working with you, and especially the fact that we can connect across the world. So how can people connect with you, work with you, do all the kinesiology things? Um, So I've got a website, which is www.com theclearmindway.com mm-hmm. yeah so they can just go there and there's a bit about what i do and they can book appointments there and all of that all that stuff is there 
Perfect. And then I'll see some of the other stuff that I'm doing too. There's some other goodies there as well, not just the kinesiology work, but other stuff as well. So, um, but yeah, that's how we can most easily get to me. Well, I will link all that for sure. And then my last two questions are probably my favorite questions that I ask. And I can maybe guess what this, the answer to this one is, but what is your favorite alignment activity in this time and space? Like something that you just love to do for just the sake of doing it. And like you said, you get in that flow state, like time and space don't exist. Yeah, it, it, uh, and it kind of sounds totally non-spiritual, right? But I love it. I love the first morning cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And I've, I sit on a veranda that looks over what's behind me. Mm. And the bird early in the morning here, the bird life is just amazing. So I love sitting with a cup of coffee, watching the ducks. You know, we've got about 15 or 20 ducks that live mm. here and, and three horses and wallabies and kangaroos that come by and, and lots of birds. So sitting with a cup of coffee and listening and watching that is like beautiful. Sounds magical. Mentally, I'm right there. It's 8 p.m. or like 9 p.m. here in Phoenix. So mentally, I'm in the morning Australia with my cup of coffee. That sounds amazing. I love that answer. And then my last one is if you had, you gave your parenting advice, but if you had to just give one piece of general advice to anyone on this spiritual path, what would that be? That's a hard one too. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think. Um, ultimately, there's nothing wrong with you. Mm. Yeah, that is even neat explanation. Mic drop. Feel that in my soul. Yeah, I think so. Ian, thank you so much for sharing your journey and your message and your energy. You just have such pure energy. It's been such a joy to connect with you. Thank you so, so much for coming on. Well, it's really a pleasure. Really good to meet you. You know, knowing that you're in Phoenix, it makes me feel homesick for the States. I love the States. So um, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Ian, again, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You have such beautiful, calm, peaceful energy. And I know that conversation is going to resonate with so many people. So if you're interested on going deeper with Ian, you can visit his website, theclearmindway.com. Of course, I will link that wherever you are listening to this episode, whether it's on the podcast platform or on YouTube. So you can go check that out. If you have any takeaways, please share them with me over on Instagram at Lindsay with an A.M. Tanner. If you're new here, please subscribe. We have new episodes every week, sometimes multiple times a week. And we're always talking about what it means to live our most aligning lives. And as I mentioned in the beginning of this episode with my little advertisement, I am teaching a class, a course on how to go even deeper in your alignment. And it starts March 6th. So if you want more information, go check out last last episode before this one. I think it was episode 117, I believe, with all of the details. Or of course, you can reach out to me on Instagram or through email with any questions you have. But I'm so excited to have those of you that are ready or feel the nudge to go even deeper into your alignment and into your internal guidance. So sending you all so much love, all of the high vibes, all the gratitude. And of course, I will see you next week on Alignment Adventures.